Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, New Era, Episode 57, Practical Progress and Spiritual Progress. Welcome back, everyone. In our early years together, we were going with the flow of the hippie movement. Thomas would play his flute on the top of a mountain, communicating with the universe out there. I was writing poems to our family saying our baby had chosen us to be the parents. And Thomas's mother was seeking to know the future of our child through her astrology charts. We read all of the popular books about spirituality, including the Aquarian Gospel, which portrayed Jesus as a teacher and a good man. It sounded good, but these false ideas led us further and further away from the truth. Instead of becoming humble, we discovered that we were separated from God because of our pride. When we turned to the Jesus of the Bible, he transformed our minds and gave us his purpose for life. If you have been listening from the beginning of the podcast, you might remember the story about when we got rid of those books by burning them at Living Waters. From that time on, we only read the Bible. But when Thomas and I were getting ready to leave for Germany as missionaries, we decided to check out the Christian bookstore in Hayward. We had heard of biographies about Christians who had chosen to take the gospel to other countries, knowing well that sacrifices would be required of them. Thomas bought a book called The Shadow of the Almighty. It is the inspiring story of Jim Elliot, who went with his family to Ecuador and was killed as a martyr for his faith. I picked out two books. One was called The Missionary Wife and Her Family, and the other was by Gladys Allward, The Small Woman. It is her story as a British woman who traveled to China alone and started a ministry for orphans. She endured constant hardships, fears, and war, but persevered through it all. She only had the Bible as her comforter, helper, and teacher. In my last episode, Thomas was telling his mother that he desired that God would form his character according to the Bible. This time, I will give you an example from a tape recording of what it was like for me living in the farmhouse. I talk about how I was dealing with the practical challenges. Now, on with our story about the unexpected circumstances we found ourselves in. After Thomas and I got back from Berlin, the first thing I did was mail a package to my mom. On the ship to Rotterdam, I had made an embroidered picture. I had taken some material and embroidery thread with me so I would have something to do on the boat. I wrote in cross-stitch the Bible verse, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord with a flower design around it. I mounted it on cardboard and enclosed a letter telling my mom about our life in Nienberg. I guess my news didn't exactly portray that we were a happy people. And my parents were not happy at all to hear about the house we were living in. In their return letter, they wrote that we should find a better place to live immediately and that we should think about our children. Thomas had started calling his mother Nadia on Sundays to keep in touch. She was also worried and kept asking about our situation. 
It's even possible that she called my parents. This wasn't anything new for them. They had been corresponding with each other regularly, and now they thought we were in trouble. They probably imagined us starving and freezing to death in that old farmhouse. In one phone call with Thomas, Nadia followed up on a letter she had written. She was serious. She offered that we could come to live with them in Berlin. She wanted to get us out of there as soon as possible. Then, to make matters worse, we told our parents that we were planning on having a home birth again. Linda, Lori, and I had been to an obstetrician for a pregnancy checkup at the Frauenarzt. They were both scheduled to have their babies in the hospital, but I was hoping I wouldn't have to do that. Thomas went with me to the doctor to help translate and ask some questions. We left the office thrilled that the doctor said it was no problem to have a home birth. She would contact a midwife and make the arrangements. She said the midwife would visit me in the last couple of weeks before the due date to make sure everything was okay. I was so relieved because that had been my main worry about going to Germany during my pregnancy. Actually, we found out that the German system was much better than in California. We would not have to pay for anything. The required health insurance we had covered all of the costs. Thomas and I thought that was great news, but once again, our parents were freaking out. To them, it sounded just as bad as when we told them that our first baby was going to be born in a teepee. We were pretty surprised at their reaction because we considered this plan a blessing from the Lord. For sure, our names were back on the women's prayer list at the Methodist Church. As far as the house renovations, the men were slowly making progress. Step by step, wood-burning stoves were installed in the bedrooms. Peter bought a dryer to help with managing the laundry for our five families that included 10 children. He and Gregor also built a large wooden laundry rack that could be let down with a rope from the ceiling in the living room. During all of our meals and family meetings, the wet laundry hung over our heads. Unfortunately, it took a couple of months before a shower could be installed. The wiring in the house couldn't handle an electric water boiler that was needed. So we were still washing ourselves in the bedroom and shampooing our hair over the kitchen sink. That was particularly difficult for Jackie and Linda because they had really long hair. Concerning our tight budget, Lori had some good news for the parents. She told us that families living in Germany qualify for money from the government. It's called Kindergeld. That was a great help because we could buy nutritious food to add to our staple of potatoes and peanut butter. I remember being thankful that I didn't have to eat those peanut butter sandwiches anymore. They gave me heartburn. <laughs> Besides the house being made livable, Peter had taken steps to communicate with Jim Durkin by making a tape and asking him for advice. There had been constant disagreements between Peter and Lauren, and it wasn't clear who was in charge. This had a big effect on the wives, too, because they had to listen to their husband's frustrations. Jim responded by also making a tape with a couple of brothers in Eureka, which included Tony Tuck, the founder of Living Waters. We listened to it together one evening and were so encouraged. 
Jim and his wife spoke a personal greeting to each person that was living in the house. Since Jim had sent us out, it was so nice to hear their voices again. He said he appreciated everything we were doing and our perseverance in the face of all the difficulties we had to endure. His counsel was that Peter should have the responsibility of being the house head, and even Lauren accepted that advice because he did have different expectations when we first came. Peter had already proved himself to us by making a plan to tackle all of the challenges, and Jackie had been very motivated in working in the kitchen, doing the shopping, and helping wherever she could. She also had more energy because Linda, Lori, and I were all having babies, and by then, El Grita was also a newly expectant mother. One Saturday, Thomas and I had a free day and took Naomi on a walk. We were so thankful that we lived near the forest. Somehow, ever since we had met in Berlin, that is where we love to walk and talk about life and the future. Even Naomi, as a baby, enjoyed our special times in the fields and forest at Living Waters. There, we could put aside the daily matters and just enjoy each other's company. On our way back to the house, we decided to make our first tape to my family. It was a much better way to communicate than writing letters. Today, I will share with you some excerpts of me talking to my parents. The recording is from March 1975. I'm calling it my first podcast. I will let my 24-year-old self tell about our new life in Germany. Hi again. Um... I hope you'll be able to understand everything clearly. Let's see, Naomi's just got put in her bed to go to sleep now, and the men decided to start hammering at the wall outside the hallway. They're getting ready to put in a new electrical line, I guess, just as soon as they can get it in. Um, we've been having problems like the electricity isn't, the way the house is built isn't enough to handle the all the appliances, the washing machines and dryers and electric heaters and things that we have. So they're putting in new lines. So all that's going to be taken care of. And so they're doing it at the time that all the kids are supposed to be going to sleep. But Naomi's doing pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that we have this time now to that we can share some things with you. I don't know yet what what Thomas told you, but Mainly what I wanted to let you know is that I just been, I've been feeling really good the past few weeks. I don't have backaches or, or anything anymore. I get Sometimes I get too tired when I get working too much, but more and more I'm learning to slow down. And I usually only just do one thing a day, like one meal or something, and the brothers wash the dishes. and Just things are working out pretty good where I'm taking better care of myself. Now that's a perfect example of our reality. I am sitting in our room, Naomi is in her bed for the night, and the men are hammering in the hall. I guess it was a pretty typical day. The additional background noise is Jackie's little boy crying in the room next to us. I just really want to reassure you that everything is, is perfect here, that you don't have to worry about me as far as my health or Naomi. like. The Lord's hand is upon us. He sent us here, and His anointing is upon us, and He wants the best for us, you know, the same way that we all do, and like especially for the children and the, <clears throat> the pregnant mothers and anybody that has special needs like that. He's He's really going to take care of them, 
sometimes his his way of you know giving and teaching us and taking care of us is different than how we you know want it to be or something but in the end it all, it all works together for the good I'm looking forward to I guess I have about seven weeks now left or maybe a little bit less to probably when the babies do I can't believe it's already so soon but now with the other two babies new babies in the house and everything I'm getting really excited to to have the baby for the birth and and just to see what our new little one's going to be like what it's going to look like and just what it's going to be like together with Naomi I really even though Naomi's have been having trouble with you know going on the potty and little things like that I've I feel like it's going to work out good and I have the hope that she's going to sort of be getting out of that thing by the time the baby's born um I don't know Thomas told you a little bit I guess about our room when we first got here it seemed like this was about the most uncomfortable room in the house because there was no heating and not really much privacy and just there's a whole bunch of furniture in here and finally um, we just decided like there's a possibility that we could move upstairs maybe in some time but I just had the feeling that it would be too close to the birth and I wouldn't really want to be going through a bunch of moving at that time so we just decided to fix up this room so we moved a bunch of furniture out and Thomas built a bed frame for our mattress and and then just a few days ago we asked the landlord here he he stays here a lot and he's doing most of the remodeling on the work remodeling work on the house and we asked him if we could put a heater in our room because there's a chimney in the wall and he said okay and so he came and helped Thomas and so now we have a little wood-burning heater in our room and we've got it fixed up really nice we've got nice furniture and we've we've got it so we've got enough space that I'll have room for all the extra baby things and Naomi's bed is in the corner and Thomas is going to build like a little frame over it um, maybe like for the baby to have sort of a bunk bed over hers and then for it to be sort of a canopy type thing too where she can have curtains around her bed so she doesn't get disturbed when we're up later at night and I finally got some nice curtains made and oh, some pictures up on the wall and it's, it's just really been nice like the Lord has just brought a lot of furniture in different people have brought furniture to the house we've in all the hallways there's furniture piled up so it seems like that we'll be getting another house like in addition to this one and he's bringing in all this furniture and beds and mattresses and everything where we'll be ready prepared when we find another house and when all the money situation gets more established we really miss you but at the same time I somehow I know I guess partly it's because you send letters off and I don't really feel like we're that far away and I don't, it seems like it won't be that long until we see you again anyway. Then I tell a man's story that took place in one of our family's meetings. He was the owner of the farmhouse. It's a small example of what people were experiencing during that time. My reaction gives a bit of insight into how we were being prepared for the future. 
for the time when Thomas would become a pastor and caring for people would become the main focus of our lives. The man, his name's Herr Schwarze, who's our landlord, who I think I told you in a letter, he accepted the Lord just before we got here. And he's almost been living here like he has another place where he goes and sleeps, but he, lots of times he stays overnight here and he has his meals with us and he's, he works from early morning till late at night, like right now it's probably 8.30, 9 o'clock and he's working with some electrician, electricians out in the hallway. And Anyway, he, when it came his turn, he said that he didn't really know, you know, if it was right for him to speak because he, you know, he's not really a part of this work or something like he, you know, it feels a little bit, you know, that he's sort of on the outside, you know, but it's like we all accept him into the family. He's a brother and we just all really are thankful for all the work that he's doing for us. And anyway, he, it was <coughs> really beautiful what he said too that, um, that he sees our sincerity. Like he, he expressed a few things, um, sort of, of faults that he saw, like, he said they didn't really think that it was necessary for Christians to be able to grow, to have to live together, you know, that you could live in your separate houses or something. But he said he, a lot of, you know, the problems and the personal hassles that he's seen happen here is because so many people living together, but that he sees our sincerity and the love that we have and our sincerity to follow after the Lord. And, and then he almost started crying too and <coughs> just talking about the love that's here in this family and um, and he also encouraged us to really draw Gregor in because he's the only single brother and, and most of us are Americans here and because of the language sometimes we get involved in English and it was just perfect the situation the Lord has here but it was good the advice that he gave to us and and then when he was finished saying that he said that he wanted to do everything in his power and his strength to um, make this house a good place for us and to make it as comfortable as he can like he's um, right now they're putting a new electrical line so that we can you know have all of our appliances running and then he's putting in a shower and a toilet and that's being worked on right now too and then he's also working upstairs in sort of this big large attic room making it into a living room there it's all being wood paneled and insulated and nice floor laid and a stove put in and this <coughs> is really going to be a nice house when it's all finished and, and it's all f because it you know from him he's he really wants to do this for us okay Nomi says she wants quacken she still says quacken but she can also say water and tea and milk and juice so after everybody shared you know, personally how they felt towards the family and the commitment and everything, then um, Herr Schwartz will ask that when we pray that we hold hands. And so we all took hands and and prayed together. And it, it just reminded me of being at your house and us all coming together in the evening before we go to sleep. Just Here's how I ended the tape to my parents. I wanted them to understand why I was willing to accept our circumstances. Packing up and leaving was not a consideration, even though both of our parents were pressuring us to do that. Basically, both Thomas and I realized that God was allowing the troubles to test our faith. That's just really precious what the Lord's doing with us. And 
and that that's what he's doing through through the trials that he puts us through he's he's purifying us he's making us like himself and, and that's the that's what keeps me going that's the hope that i have like the the glory that that he has for us um there's one scripture that's really that's really helped me a lot in the past few weeks so i don't have to look for it the scripture um, is in the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1. In the beginning he says, You who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye be in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. To me, that's it's just... The Word of God is such a comfort and strength through everything for us. And, and just all these little daily trials that we have. These trials of our faith, he says, it's much more precious than gold. And even the gold's going to perish. And that it might be, let's see, much more precious of gold than per that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. But speaking of the trial of our faith that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the at the appearing of Jesus Christ and that that just makes me happy to read in closing today well that is surely a poignant ending when i say that makes me happy it's a reminder of the verse that i had embroidered happy are the people whose god is the lord now i have that picture in my house and it reminds me of how God has always been faithful towards his people. The best book in the world tells us that Jesus is always the same. In those days, life seemed difficult, but he carried us and he taught us important lessons that we were going to need for the future. Stay tuned to hear Thomas' side of the story next week. Take care, friends, and be encouraged. Bye for now. And don't forget to look for the photos of those days on Instagram and on Facebook. You can request to join my group called Finding Purpose Podcast Friends.